0: Come on, would you lift your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. We serve a mighty big God. Come on, let it raise for just a moment. Let it raise the roof off with thanksgiving for what God's done in your life. If you're new to Pentecost, and you wonder what in the world have I walked into, welcome to a bunch of worthless, low-life, no-good-for-nothing sinners that just as the song said, in a moment when a loving Savior got a hold of me, it took all my life. It took all my past. He took all my mistakes. He took. I'm no better than you. And you're no better than me. I'm just covered by the blood of a Savior that saw me where I was. And he said, I'll reach down and I'll pick you up. And there's still wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's still saving, redeeming power in the blood of the Lamb. So if you're a little intimidated and shy, I understand. We are a little weird. But the song said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus... When I look back over my life and I remember the gutter and the pit that he dug me out of and the miry clay, I was sinking deep in sin, but something got a hold of me. Can I tell somebody that feels too far gone, he could still reach you right where you are. We are delighted to be here this weekend with you. I just choose to believe that the Lord is gonna do something great in this house. When we walk in the door, we bring all kinds of things with us. At least the honest folks will say that. Some of us, we're, we're too perfect to admit it. But some of us bring our doubts, and some of us bring our fears, and some of us bring our insecurities through those doors. But when I get in His presence. Bible says that times of refreshing, Brother Mullins, come from the presence of the Lord. And what we're feeling here is an encounter with Jesus. It's times of refreshing. So that I can get up tomorrow morning, Brother Tracy, and I can face the day. Because if I try it on my own, I'll go back to the bottle of pills to do it. If I try it on my own, I gotta shoot up one more to make it. Just to get up, I gotta take another. But when I get lost in the presence of an almighty God, I can do all things. Not on my own goodness, not on my own accord. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Woo! I'm telling you, if you will let your faith rise this morning. There's no telling what God will do in this house for you. You say, but nobody knows my need. No, we don't, but He does. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. He knows all the fears and doubts and insecurities. And I promise you, if you will open your spirit up, you say, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand everything. Just respond to what you feel. You say, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. He'll give you a measure of faith. But you got to ask for it. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. And I really do believe that the Lord's going to do something great here this weekend. And we have been looking forward to being here. So, so love and appreciate Pastor and Sister Mullins and their family. They have been uh, great friends. It's like we've known them for a long time, but we haven't really. I told Brother Les, it's, it's like home when we come here and brother mullins understand this everywhere you preach there's not always the connection but there's a connection here that i believe is in the holy ghost and we appreciate every single one of you love you and i want to commend you on your worship worship will take you into places that you could never go unless you abandon everything and worship him and by the grace of God, we might preach about that tonight, but let's not get sidetracked. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. You're looking at a bunch of people here that was lost. <clears throat> verse number 12. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine? And goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray. I'm thankful when I've gone astray, he never stops seeking. Verse number 13. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Let me preach to the Pharisee for just a second that's never walked away from church. Don't ever look down your holier-than-thou knows at somebody that walks in the... Hold on. To somebody that crawls in the back door. Because when they crawl in the back door, beat, battered, and busted by life and mistakes and failure, there's a God in heaven that's rejoicing more. I hate to bust your bubble, but he's happier that they came than you are. He's happier they walk. He's rejoicing because the thing, the very one that he died for, has made their way back. Luke chapter 19, verse number 10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 9 56, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Everybody wants to blame God when their life falls apart but He's not the one that's destroying your life. In all three of these instances, we find the mission statement of Jesus Christ. In every case that we just read, we are reading what Jesus spoke about Himself. We are reading word for word what He said about His purpose. Come on, I want this to sink in here this morning. It's His purpose. We didn't read what somebody else wrote about him. But we're reading what he said he came to do. He said, I've come to seek and to save. Then he says, I've not come to destroy men's lives. It's not, it's not God that's destroying your life. So quit blaming him. He said, but rather I've come to save them. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 1 that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. One translation said it like this, the Son of Man came to look for and to save people who are lost. And there's not one that's not a sinner. Every single one of us are sinners. And before we pray, I want, I want, you, to, I want you as we move through this, I want you to realize this this morning. God has stopped everything and He singled somebody out in this house. And He wants you to know that He is on a quest for you. He stopped everything. He slowed everything down. Everything we've been through this morning has got us to this place. And he wants, He's on a quest for you. I want you to put your Bibles down, raise your hands, and I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost that God would do something so mighty in this house. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost, have your way. Look, come on, pray like apostolics know how to pray. God bless you, you may be seated. Webster's defines a quest as follows: It is a search. Or pursuit made in order to find or obtain something Strong's defines seek as follows to look for to seek out to try to obtain desire to possess to strive for sought out desired and I've come to tell somebody here this morning That feels too far gone. The only reason Jesus came to this earth. The only reason he went through what he went through on Calvary. Was to look and reach for you. The old song said when he was on the cross. I was on his mind. He went through the pain and agony of Calvary. Because there was a desire within him to possess you. The reason he allowed them to beat him and mock him and spit on him and stab him was because he desired to have you as his own. You need to hear me today. He's, I want you to block every other voice out of your mind right now. Because right now every voice of your past is coming up in your ear. All the voices of the memories of your failures are in your ear right now. But I want you to hear me over every single one of those voices. There's a loving God that's on a quest for you today. Can I tell you, He loves you greater than your ability to fail Him. His capacity to love you will never run out because you've you've failed Him too much, Brother Mullins. I can fell my wife to the place where she, oh my God, I'm done with that idiot. She's a human. She needs God. Pray for her. I can in turn be upset at her and she's, she's I'm at my capacity. I'm done. But the God of glory the God who gave his life for you and I. The God who bled He will never reach a capacity where he says that I'm done with him. We'll never fail him to the place that he says I can't use him. I can't do anything. But he'll always love me greater than my ability to fail him. I want somebody to hear me right now, and I want you to get in your mind the image of a lifeguard tossing a long line out to save somebody because that's what Jesus is doing to you today. He's reaching for you because he sees value in you. You don't reach, you don't seek, and you don't pursue something you see no value in. one of the greatest things we struggle with is insecurity that I'm not good enough. Anxiety, we fret, we toss and turn in the night wondering, oh my God, can I even be saved? That's because we look through the lens, brother, of how we love one another. But when I look through the lens of Jesus Christ, who went to Calvary and bled, and the blood flowed. Come on, it still reaches to the highest mountain. It still flows to the lowest valley. It still has redeeming power. He went to extreme measures to seek and to save. When nobody else saw the value in you, he saw something in you when you couldn't even see it in your own self. He'll always go to extreme measures. He'll always go to extreme measures to reach for somebody that's walked away. Not because I'm worthy. Not because I'm deserving. But because he loves me with an unfailing love. It doesn't matter where you are. He'll find you in your pain. He'll find you in your betrayal. He'll find you in your anxiety. He'll find you in your hurt. He'll find you in your brokenness. And when he finds you, he says, I got to have you to myself. The song says he'll never leave you where he found you. He won't leave us. Like he found us. He won't. It's in his nature to reach uh, to somebody that feels unreachable. It's who he is to love somebody who feels unlovable. Say, but you don't know my past. I don't. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Because if my past was on the screen, you'd run out the door. But he looked beyond my faults and he saw the need that I had, the need for a loving Savior to turn my life around, the need for a loving Savior to pick me up in my mess and turn me around. He will always do whatever it takes to reach for the one. The Bible tells us that the shepherd will leave the flock to search out the one. He'll put himself in harm's way to seek the one little lamb. But when he finds the lamb, there's a party. He rejoices over the one lamb. More than all the ones that stayed in the fold. Why? Because there's value in one lost sheep. I'm not sure who you are today. I wish I could put my finger on your nose and tell you you got to quit listening to the lying voice of the enemy. But God has sent me to tell somebody, you've got value. You've got purpose. You've got destiny. And the reason you feel what you feel is because he sees the value that you don't even see in yourself. Because you know your past. You know your mistakes. You know your lifestyle. You know your failure. You know where you were last night. But newsflash, the blood of Jesus is new and fresh again today. He's on a quest for you. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You didn't just stumble your way into this freak show. Welcome to the freak show. Because without the blood of Jesus we're all just a bunch of freaks. Some of us still might be even with the blood of Jesus. But I'm a forgiven freak. I'm a redeemed freak. Whose freak are you? Genesis chapter 3. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Walking in the garden of the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves. Sin will always cause you to hide. From the presence of the Lord. And the Lord God called unto Adam. And said unto him. Where art thou? The most tragic words Adam ever had to hear. Knowing he failed God. Yet God came looking and searching for him in spite of his failure. I'm going to say this again. God will go to extreme measures to reach you. If God's got to cause you to go bankrupt to get your attention. If God's got to fill your body with cancer to get your attention. If God's got to cause you to lose a loved one. to get, God will do whatever it takes to reach somebody that he loves. When Adam fell in the garden. God comes looking. Adam hid because of the sin. It's like you and I. If I'm not living right and doing right, I'm avoiding him. I avoid. I try to hide. I try to, because that's what sin will cause you to do. But when God came looking for Adam, no doubt God has a broken heart. This is not what he wanted. Can I just stop and tell somebody, life has unfolded in a way you didn't want it to. Don't give up because he's not giving up on your life. The broken pieces, the failures, the mistakes, it might not even be something you've done. It might be something somebody else has done to you. And you're on the verge of giving up. You're on the verge of just completely quitting because it's overwhelming and it's too much. And you can't take another betrayal. You can't take more hurt. You just feel like it. Can I tell you don't give up because he's not giving up on you. He comes looking for Adam with a broken heart. Adam no no doubt felt that because of his mistake that God could never love him. But notice, it was right in the middle of Adam's greatest failure that God came searching and reaching for a fallen man. Adam hid because in his mind God's angry with me. And there will always be consequences. I'm not saying you don't have consequences. We always preach it that God was just so angry at Adam and goes looking and ready to thump on him. But really, if my son walks out in the street, Brother Tracy, when I tell him no, I spank him the next time, his mom might get mad. But if I don't and I let him run on 99, what kind of love am I, what kind of love as a father do I have? But when I spank him and discipline him, it's not because, brother, that I want to hurt him. It's out of love. You can't run. There's semi trucks running on the on the freeway. They'll hit you. They'll kill you. It's not because I'm being mean, brother Josh. It's because I got a love for that boy. I don't want him to be. But see, some of us, we look at Jesus coming after us as, oh, my God, no, he's upset. I'm done. He's through with me. Because everybody else in our life has been through with us. But he came reaching for Adam in love. He came searching for Adam in love. Can I tell you, don't allow your mistakes to keep you hidden from the love of a Savior Don't allow the guilt of your past to rob you from a relationship with the one who died for you. He gave everything for you. I want you to notice here. He calls to Adam. Can I stop and tell somebody here that feels forgotten? And you feel alone. You're consumed by your own failures. You're consumed by your own anxieties. You're consumed by your own fears. God knows your name, and He knows right where you are. Isaiah 43, verse number 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have... Redeem thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And you may be here today and you don't understand everything about us. This is all brand new to you. Don't be overwhelmed by what you don't know. But respond to the love that you feel. Because you won't find what you're feeling in this house, in any church in this city. You won't find it in religion. You won't find it in your little group session. You won't find it anywhere. But what you feel and what you have found in this place is the love and the reaching arm of a Savior that cares so much for you that He died and He went to Calvary so that you might have life. What you feel is the love of a Savior who created you. He formed you. He redeemed you. And what you feel that you've never felt in your life is a loving God that's gotten specific. And He's calling you by name. That's why you can't shake what you feel in this house. That's why you can't can't put your finger on it because you don't understand yet. But you also know there's something drawing me to this house that I've never felt in my life. It's a love of a Savior that knows your name, He knows where you are, and He wants you to Himself. The Creator of the universe has claimed you as His, you belong to Him. You're not an accident. And you're not here by accident. But there's a loving God that saw you at your worst, and he's calling your name. You don't have to get it all together to show up here. You don't have to get everything lined up just right and put your life together. No, that's why he's calling your name, because he wants to put your broken life back together. The Hebrew meaning for the word called in Genesis 3, verse number 9, means to call, to summon. I want you to listen to this one. To be invited as a guest. To be invited, but wait a minute. Adam made a mistake. Adam fell miserably. God was extending an invitation out of love. Yes, there's consequences to our mistakes. Yes, there's consequences to sin. Yes, we still have to repent. It holds the same meaning in Isaiah 43 when he tells Jacob, I have called thee by thy name. I've preached all the way to this point to give you my title, and I'm almost done. In fact, stand with me all over the house. For the next few moments, I want to preach and reach on this simple thought. An invitation to respond. An invitation to respond. He's calling you, sir. He's calling you, ma'am, by name. He's extending an invitation to you to respond to his love. No, I know you're not worthy. I know you don't deserve it because none of us do. But he sees so much value in you. He's got such big plans for you that he's extended an invitation to you in the middle of your greatest failure. And he's reaching for you in a way that you've never been reached for before. You say, how do I respond? If you'll repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. He will fill you. With the gift. You say, I don't understand. It takes faith. W- w- don't worry about that. I, you just got to respond to what you feel. Right. To truly repent. Is to not just confess with the mouth. It's not just to feel sorry you got caught, but it's to do a 180 turn, leave it behind. It's a true repentance is a complete change of heart. It's a complete change of attitude. It's a complete change of actions. And can I just tell you true repentance is not outdated. God still forgives the one who truly repents of their sins. You say, well, I need Bible. Okay, let's go there. Mark two seventeen. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Acts eight twenty two. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Acts 17 30 and the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Say, that's me. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Acts 3.19 Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. Times of refreshing is always on the hills Brother Tracy of true repentance. If you need if your life is so chaotic if your life is in such array if you're consumed by fear and doubt and anxiety everything that's going on try repenting this morning. And watch the peace. And watch the refreshing. And watch the comforter that will come over you. It's something you've been looking for in the bottle, in the pills, in the relationships. But it's found at an altar of true repentance. (laughs) Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall... There's a gift for you that comes when you repent. ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm closing. The story is told of a man. He dreamed a dream one night. He dreamed that Satan walked into his room. Satan was holding a very large scroll. Man sat up on the edge of the bed. As Satan walked into the foot of his bed, he began to unravel the scroll. And that scroll was so big it took up the whole floor of his room, and Satan's holding the scroll up high over his head, and it's filling the room. The man begins to tremble. The man begins to shake. Satan was laughing and accusing the man. Man got to reading and looking at what was on the scroll. And he recognized it, Brother Mullins, as the record of his life. He saw, oh my God, that's that's mine for sure. That's me. Top to bottom, it filled the room. The devil began to scream and yell and mock him and say, I got you. I've come to take you to hell man shaking and trembling now standing on his bed he said then in the dream he said I got to noticing down at the bottom that there was some other writing and it was written in red he said Lucifer show me what's at the bottom show me what's written in red Lucifer begin to scream, no, no, I can't show you, don't read that, I'm not going to show you that, the man jumps off his bed, and he jerks the scroll up, and he reads at the bottom in red, and it says these words, he repented, now it's paid in full, and I've come to preach to somebody. That your scroll may be full of filthy sin and vile sin, but when you repent, the blood of Jesus will wash you, it'll cleanse you, it'll purify you. Come on, I'm opening these altars, and you've got an invitation to respond this morning. You've got an invitation to get it all under the blood. I don't care what the scroll says. All I want to know is what's at the bottom. All I want to know is there's some red writing on the bottom of my life. Come on, He loves you. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. But if you will, He will. If you respond, He'll respond. If you open up your heart, Come on, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking for somebody to respond to. Come on, he desires to fill you with his spirit, but you gotta repent of all your sins. You gotta let the blood of Jesus wash you clean. Oh, let him wash Lord,
1: you. Come on, weakness.
0: he's calling your name, sir. Lord, I am broken. He's calling my your name, young lady. Pieces, Will, you God, God. Will you respond to an invitation from the master? Will you respond? I'm an invitation to repent life, of all is your sins. My life is in pieces,
1: but your strength is perfect in all of my weakness. Lord, I am broken. My, my life, life is in pieces, God, but your strength Coca, in
0: pieces,
1: but, your but I
0: know you can heal, I know you can weakness. forgive. Yes,
1: Lord, I am broken. My life is in peace. Come on, Zacchaeus.
0: he is. He stopped everything and he's looking up at you in the tree. Would you come weakness. down? Would you respond? Lord,
1: I am broken. I am broken. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, just say the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I'm
0: calling you. you. Somebody call on the name of Jesus.
1: Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling. You. I'm calling you Jesus Jesus Yes, hallelujah Jesus Jesus I'm calling you Come on, I want you, you to find somebody and
0: pray with Jesus, I want you to connect with somebody Jesus. In the Holy Ghost And help somebody pray through To the place Jesus, where he responds
1: Jesus Lord, I am pro. your strength is perfect in all of my weakness. Lord, I am